Welcome to the Intercut Podcast Channel, the weekly place for the latest on movies, TV, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, lady and gentlemen, it's Arturo Zurita. They're re-releasing The Greatest Showman? They're doing a a whole bunch of stuff next year. I, I don't think that Hugh Jackman is in anything that is on my list personally, but um, uh, yeah, man, we're, we're, I'm talking Furiosa. Oh, that is right. You know, I will say that I went back into the theater the other day and they played these things called trailers and yeah. they fixed it. Oh, the, the it looks CGI better. looks better. Oh, the CGI looks incredible now. Yeah. It, it looks no, I, a lot better. There used to be like this weird depth to them in the, in the screen. I, I think mm-hmm. they worked it out. I think they mis, uh, mixed the colors a little bit better. It looks Yeah, was it before good? Aquaman? I think they played that trailer. I also felt like I, I was having a good time watching Furiosa on the big screen and not having any of the complaints that people on Twitter had about it. Was it was on but, YouTube? Yeah. No, it yeah, looked a lot I mean, better if you catch the trailer now. Exactly. So uh, we will bring up Furiosa as well as a bunch of other interesting movies because this is the most anticipated video where we are breaking down some of the movies we are most excited to catch in the next calendar year. We just went through our favorites from 2023 and now there's a whole another year uh, of movies to get through. And it's going to be an exciting one. I'm glad to be discussing this with you without the echo of our a podcast in my ears as it just was a couple moments ago. This is our, our second attempt at starting this one. Uh, but now that we got clear audio and a bunch of movies to talk about, uh, let's get into the slate for 2024. And I think the first place that we should start and the easiest place to start is one that we've already started before. And that's with Sundance, the 2024 Sundance film festival. We already put out a long preview of uh, that uh, festival and complete with a deep dive into the catalog where we talked about many of the movies that we're most excited to see there. Um, So we won't talk about them in too big of a detail on this edition of the podcast. I did want to give a quick shout out to my top five, as I mentioned in that video, which includes a real pain, which is the new film directed by Jesse Eisenberg. Also co-starring Jesse Eisenberg and recent Golden Globe winner, Kieran Culkin. Really excited to uh, check that one out. I've also got Between the Temples on my list, which is a new film directed by Nathan Silver, and it's got an interesting cast in it, most notably. Jason Schwartzman is the lead here, but uh, I also am curious about Carol Kane and Dolly DeLeon showing up for this one. Uh, Girl State is the follow-up to one of our favorite Sundance documentaries, Boy State, also coming from Amanda McBain and Jesse Moss. This one takes place at a sort of like political day camp of sorts for teenagers where they run for office and campaign, uh, get into all sorts of shenanigans that unfortunately remind us of the adults that we have in charge. Uh, I'm sure that one's going to be really interesting. And the first one was great. Um, I had Kidnapping Inc. on my list, one of the interesting films from the Midnight category about uh, a pair who get hired to uh, kidnap someone and find themselves in the middle of a wider conspiracy. I'm hoping that's going to be a fun one. Uh, But my last pick from Sundance was My Old Ass. This is the latest from director Megan Park, who previously brought us The Fallout. I think a really underrated movie that you and I both caught at South by Southwest a couple of years ago. Uh, This one sees her 
uh, working with Aubrey Plaza, who is one of our reigning nice. Sundance queens. Always great good. when she shows up in these uh, Sundance movies. So that those are some of the movies I'm excited for out of Sundance. Art, I know you're mostly relying off of my lists for this episode, but is there any other Sundance movie that you know uh, you're excited about that people should be excited about uh, that we should maybe give a quick mention to? Yeah, put some right there on the toggle as well. One of my okay. favorites out of the U.S. dramatic. I am looking so forward to Love Me. That is the one with Stephen Yun, and it's the one with Kristen Stewart. And it's the fact that it's being directed by a couple that has me really intrigued because I, I, I feel this is just going to hit. Uh, this is going to be the standout from the U.S. competition that's going to be eligible for the big awards. So mm-hmm. I got my eye out on that one right there. Handling the Undead. You got the the reunion of the actors from Worst, uh, worst Person in the World. Yeah. Already picked up by Neon. That trailer looks crazy. It's like some dystopian thing happens and nobody knows how to react to it. I'm all on board for that. That's going to be playing in the world dramatic and it's being pitched as a mystery horror. Ghostlight is a comedy drama that comes from the team that made a South by movie that I thought was fantastic. Uh, St. Francis. Beautiful, beautiful movie. And now they're back over here co-directing uh, about a guy who uses theater to be able to express like his repressed emotions. Uh, you and I miss Sing Sing, but at least we'll be ahead for this one because that seems totally. to be the new thing that 2024 is going to be all about. Um, using art to vent out a different man, kind of the inverse of that. A guy who's willing to do art by rearranging his face. And if we're calling Aubrey Plaza the the, the princess, queen maybe, queen? of Sundance. This, this man's trying to be the king. He yeah. always goes all out whenever it's a Sundance movie with Fresh from Sebastian a couple of years Stan. ago. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Stan looks like he's going to be really crazy in this one. And uh, the director has made some intriguing stuff in the past as well. Uh, but my final two, they can go either way. A drama comedy called Sasquatch Sunset with Ari Aster as producer. With something that they're claiming may not even have dialogue because it's following the Sasquatch people, Sasquatch. Yeah. Mo- like I don't even know what this is about. Jesse Eisenberg is in a second movie. I- I'm I'm intrigued. I'm all in for this one. Uh, yeah, it's I'm co-directed by the Zellner brothers, who co-directed a couple episodes of the Nathan Fielder show, The Curse. Yes, sir. So it might give you a cue to what the tone might be. Yeah, it's gonna be super awkward. Yeah. The one that I think is gonna uh, get at our heartstrings is uh, Will Ferrell in a documentary called Will and Harper, where he crossroads with his good friend of I don't know how many years as they transition. Uh, it's from his production company. It's not even in the documentary section, but in the premiere section. So I'm looking forward to that one and a bunch of other ones that, as Zach said, we cover over on our Sundance preview page. So in case you're gonna be there in person or be there virtually, we've got you covered on all the picks over there. Yeah, I feel like we'd be remiss to not at least give a quick mention to I Saw the TV Glow. This is another one that's coming from A24, uh, Jane Schoenbrunn's follow-up to uh, We're All Going to the World's Fair, which was a huge Sundance hit, so I know a lot of people are really excited for that one. And you can't mention one Kristen Stewart movie without mentioning the other one, Love Lies Bleeding. Uh, directed by Rose Glass, who did St. Maud. Uh, again, I think this is another A24 one uh, that is the trailer definitely got a lot of people really hyped for. Uh, put that last one right there because Neon picked that one up. And yeah, I know we all like that speaking. one. Yes, sir. That This um, might be a sleeper hit right here. Totally. I'm very curious about uh, what they're going to do. Again, this is we get we get into this into our in our Sundance preview, but it's in the next category, which implies that they're doing something kind of forward looking and maybe experimental. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely curious what that's going to ultimately be. 
Right there. Well, that's a good wrap-up, Zach. We got our 10 most anticipated movies of the year. <laughs> Every time we cover Sundance, they end up making the finale uh, videos. So those picks right there, right off the bat. Fantastic. Yeah, not a bad way to start, but that's only the uh, aperitif the for first the, the appetizer, right? The, yeah. the little teaser. Uh, not only that, because we ha- have been to so many festivals in the past, I've already got a 20... 20- 24 wow. rank lists of sorts going on my letterboxd and there's Look plenty of movies there that are worth uh diving into particularly when we went to tiff I, we saw a really phenomenal movie directed by anna kendrick called woman of the hour which has since been picked up by netflix for a tidy sum of money i think 20 million dollars they threw her way pocket change uh, <laughs> and it's a really in, in really interesting movie uh where it takes it's kind of telling the story a true crime story but doing it in this narrative that jumps back and forth through time it's suspenseful it's kind of a thriller but it's also a really interesting um social drama that's got great performances in it i think it's it's going to be a nice bit a refreshing bit of sort for people who don't I don't always give Anna Kendrick her full due. I think she sometimes mm-hmm. gets um, she had a, a lot of haters underestimated as an actress, yeah, but she's she really did. capable, really artful. And I think both as an actor and director does a great job here. Out of Pullman, Gonzo Girl, all the ones that had actors turned directors and also starred in it. She mm-hmm. killed it. Best one. It should do very well on Netflix. And as one of my personal favorite lines of the year already uh, that the one of the makeup ladies says to her right before they go live on air. Yeah, Fantastic yeah. movie. Sometimes I think about Dying is a movie we caught at Sundance yeah. last year, and it's going to be released while we're at Sundance at this Sundance. year. Crazy. Uh, but still think it's worth talking about because it's a really interesting film starring Daisy Ridley that's sort of about depression and dull offices. Uh, I think it's just a really great and artful depiction of what it's like to be uh, this sort of like inward thinking person, this introvert and not a in dealing with a, kind of like a depression blanket in your day to day life. Mm-hmm. So I, I like I like that movie quite a bit. Short um, film is out on YouTube still. So yeah, check it out if, you, if you're interested. Uh, a big hit from the film festival circuit was Hitman, the latest oh. from Richard Linklater, which he uh, co-wrote with Glenn Powell, who stars in it. This is a really fun movie uh, that just serves as like a really kind of sexy, thrilling comedy of sorts where uh, Glenn Powell sort of be- pretends to be a hitman on behalf of the police and gets in over his head. I, I think it's a really strong movie. And I think a lot of people are really going to respond to it when it hits net- Netflix. Uh, and then this next one. I know uh, you w- really responded to it as well when we saw it at South Hell by Southwest. Yeah. The directorial debut from Julio Torres, starring him and Tilda Swinton, Problemista, which is coming from A24. What did you like about Problemista? It was good. Uh, it sucks <laughs> that this was supposed to come out in August, and then strikes happened, and it just like disappeared off of the schedule. It didn't just yeah. get moved. It just got removed completely. Uh, does it even have a 2024 date? Will it still be released in... <sighs> theaters I, I have to imagine it will because the main reason it got moved in the first place was the actors strike and now those are done yeah you know, it was dated in the summer so maybe they want it to release it in the summer again hopefully uh, no, we'll get it by august year? i mean that's oh, gonna hit a little bit different but yeah that, true, that's probably true. it was his uh 
if you haven't seen any of his previous work, it's, it's his specific vision, the way that he tells stories with a lot of inserts to what he's imagining. Mm-hmm. He specifically mm-hmm. here is a dude who moved to New York, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he wants to be a toy maker. So he'll like pitch an idea and you just see like the model of the toy. Yeah. Sort of like the, what is it? QVC uh, <laughs> look of it. Um, he also has to deal with being the employee or the assistant of Tilda Swinton's character, who is the wife or widow, right? Of widow, a very yeah. famous artist who's trying to commission the paintings in different places. Um, I, I, I found a lot of the jokes, the humor, um, the zaniness in the direction and in the acting to be fantastic. And I think this is going to hit for a lot of people. Yeah, so Problemista, definitely one to look forward to. I'll just quickly run through a couple more here, uh, starting with How to Have Sex, which I thought was a really harrowing and incredibly detailed uh, portrayal of a young woman's experience. Uh, I, I just really, really resonated with how this was told, particularly the way that it just feels like lived in. I think there's the way that it uses sort of like the club scene as like mm-hmm. a background for this movie is really, really effective. I, I think there will be people who really resonate with this one and a uh, movie is putting it out in February. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I keep forgetting that it's in English, but it's, it's in English. I kept thinking it was a foreign film, right. which I guess, depending on what award circuit you ask it is. Um, Sleep. This is a really interesting Korean film, a horror movie that does a great job of sort of riding the line between having you question whether or not this person is sane or actually experiencing the things that they're talking about. Yeah. Um, I thought this one was really effective. I, I can sense a tinge of sadness in your voice, and I'm assuming it's because of the yeah. the recent passing uh, of uh, Lee Sung-kyun, who was really incredible in this movie. Uh, and obviously mm-hmm. many people know him from Parasite. But yeah, I mean, one la- one chance to celebrate uh, his legacy for sure with this last movie. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. I'll also give a shout out to Janet Planet. This is the directorial debut of playwright Annie Baker, who is one of the most notable playwrights of uh, the century so far. I just because we are a movies podcast, I need to recommend you read the flick like an incredible, incredible play. Uh, This one is a really interesting portrait of being an only child and being a lonely child and uh, stay, you know, kind of what it's like when your, your whole world revolves around your parent or your parents. And I don't know. I I just think there's some really, uh, this is another movie that just gets the little details of a lived experience, right? Uh, There's a particular moment where she's homesick and there's like a theme song that comes on from a show that used to play when I would stay homesick and watch TV. So I just, I don't know. This one really hit for me. Uh, And hopefully it will for you as well whenever you get to see it later this year. All right. So those are the movies that we talked about at Sundance and Plenty movies that I've seen already from 2024. I don't know if there's anything that comes to the top of your head when you were talking about movies we've already seen that have yet to be released. Um, I know you said you liked How to Have Sex. Um, yeah, I just got the screening link to that one. I know that one's going to be coming to movie. I would say stuff like uh, at South By, we saw uh, I Used to Be Funny, a movie that isn't going to get its released until, I don't know, some 
Point at the Spring, right? And that's a movie yeah. that I would definitely recommend because I think that was a standout. Um, a couple of other movies from the international submissions that are getting very slow rollouts, I think, are also going to be worth catching. A lot of stuff that we've covered, obviously, in our festival videos. But uh, if I had a shout out, one that we've previously seen, I used to be funny would definitely be one that I, cool. I hope gets on people's radar. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick, starring Rachel Sennett. All right, let's talk about some more movies coming out because there is a lot of sequels set wow. for release in 2024. And the first one I got here is Alien Romulus. This one is coming uh-huh. from your boy Fetty. That's my boy Fetty Alvarez. Look you at that right there. Zoom one? in right there, bro. How many how many watch lists do I actually click? I'm on there. Yeah, I made the lineup. I am so excited for this movie, and this was one of the ones where I told you they're not playing with August anymore. August 15th, 16th? 16th release here in the U.S. This is part of the the the, shapey, the shifting uh, landscape when it comes to movies. January, August used to be the dumping grounds. Yeah. Uh, this movie's really bad. <laughs> or they're, they're really looking forward to a, a big month there in August because I think the M. Night movie is also coming out. Uh, during that and then something else as well. But look, when it comes to the Alien franchise, I think that the different hands that they've given uh, to different directors has been a mm-hmm. good thing until the studio meddles. Right. I think going from the first Alien to the second Alien was a really interesting jump. I'm not saying Aliens is better than Alien, <laughs> but it was definitely a success. They meddled with three. They did their Aliens versus Predator. I don't hate Prometheus. I enjoy Prometheus a lot. Covenant makes me laugh because of the flute scene. I am completely in for Romulus, dude. I think that Fede is exactly the person that they need to come shake things up. And he's one of my favorites when it comes to to revive, not reviving, but adding his spin on a classic thriller. Right. Like he definitely knows the things that make a certain pr- franchise special, but he's willing to put his own flavor in it, too. Yeah. The first mm-hmm. alien is known for the chestburster scene. Like you need nasty stuff. You need sick yeah. things in these movies, and yeah. there's no there's no bigger sicker sicko out there than Fede. Yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice two is apparently on the docket for next year. This one is gonna be with Michael Keaton and mm. Jenna Ortega reuniting with Wednesday director Tim Burton. Yes, Tim Burton is back for this one. Winona Ryder is back for this one. With Willem Dafoe is on board for this one. I don't know if this one is high on your list. I I just think we got to give it a shout out out there. A shout out to it because there are some people who are quite anticipating it. But there are movies that are so good on their own. Why would you bring that back? <laughs> I know. I If some things feel like they're leaving well enough alone, I don't know if you feel the same way about the Bad Boys franchise because that is another one that is coming die. back. Bad Boys 4. No ride. Die. <laughs> ride or die. Yeah. Um, How do they do Bad Boys for life? And then still have a fourth one that they needed. <laughs> yeah, maybe it should have reconsidered that one. I'm not so sure. How are you going to make a movie where Will Smith can't slap anybody? That makes no sense. I'll be there. Uh, Who who's the director on that one? Oh, they. Uh, it's um, it's Adi, Adil El or Arbi and um, what's the name of his name? Bilal. Wait, the same the guys, guys from did, last time. Um, the same guys from last time who did Miss Marvel. Weren't they the ones with the um, canceled Batgirl movie as Batgirl well? Batgirl movie, yeah. Yeah. Right, well, they might get another one in the recycling bin. <laughs> okay, Deadpool we'll 3 hey. comes out next year. It's the only MCU movie hey. being released in theaters wow. next year. There's no way. Not Nothing in the fall? 
Not right now. Not currently slated. Not even by accident? Another one. <laughs> this is right at the end of July, right? Entering August. Yeah. July oh, 26th. Dang, it's going to be tough for those YouTube explainer channels out there. They got no MCU <laughs> content. Are you excited for this one? I have sort of grown tired of the Deadpool franchise and that this one is being directed by Sean Levy doesn't give me a lot of hope. Um, I'm not excited for Sean Levy. I don't like Sean Levy and uh, Ryan Reynolds working together, but Hugh Jackman returning does have me intrigued because once I think I'm out, they pull me back in <laughs> and there's been enough leaks that makes me interested in seeing what they have to offer. But yeah, I won't lie. Deadpool two was not my favorite. And now being under Marvel to use Deadpool as the excuse to fix a lot of their timeline issues. Uh, you must have some really, you must have a really great Kang joke up your sleeve. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, Deadpool won't be the only superhero adjacent movie coming out because Joker Folly Adieu is of on course. the slate from Todd Phillips. <laughs> uh, this is apparently also musical with Joaquin Phoenix and new arrival Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. I need you to ask for two tickets to say what you did right there. Two tickets, Folly please. Adieu. <laughs> with a large patoon. Uh, I I'm, saw on the red carpet. Yeah. Um Margot Robbie BS for the first time that I'm aware of. Mm. How do you feel that there's another Harley Quinn? Yeah. That woman kept the role even after Suicide Squad. Mm -hmm. I thought she gave a funny response, right? Yeah. It was, um, she looks great in it. Have you talked to her about it? Oh, I haven't seen anything about the role. That's a very interesting response, Mrs. <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> How you go from? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll yep. see. Uh, and then Sony's entry into superhero adjacent stuff. I guess we could talk about Craven the Hunter, but I'm more interested in talking about Venom 3. And I have one main reason that I'm interested in talking about Venom 3. You know who's directing it? Hmm. Kelly Marcel. It's her feature directorial debut. She, her previous huh? work has been writing Fifty Shades of Grey and Cruella. And now she become, she's becoming the director of Venom 3. Oh, and she wrote Venom? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she, she knows the character. That's not what I'm trying to say. Who's she know? Tom Hardy, apparently. <laughs> For whatever reason, I thought Tom Hardy was directing this one, but I think he started getting writing credits in two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, so. he got a writing credit on two, and he's also co-writing it with her uh, for uh, three. So, hey, I'm go, a big I fan guess. of one. I think one was fun. I ain't care for two. I was made promises. That we're not delivered on. So I'm going to let you keep Venom 3. I'm going to let you keep, I forget what the third Sony one is. Madam Web all the way. Oh, man. <laughs> we uh, laugh every single line read of that trailer. It, it looks so cringy. Uh, what about Inside Out 2? This is one of the beloved Pixar movies that absolutely did not need a sequel except None. to Disney shareholders who wanted them to return to that well. Uh, mm -hmm. They Apparently didn't have enough money to bring back Mindy Kaling or Bill Hader, but they did bring back Amy Wait, Poehler, what? Village, yeah, and Lewis Black. Wait, what? Yeah, they replaced the voices of uh, what was it, disgust and anxiety, or fear? No, yeah, Tony Hale is now the voice of fear instead of Bill Hader. Not a bad option. We like Tony yeah. Hale here on this podcast. Who replaced Mindy? Uh, Liza Lapira. Do I know her? 
I don't know if I, I know her. Why? I don't know. Oh, I was about to say good things. I saw that last trailer, and there's an ounce of hope. I agree with you. There's no reason for a sequel. But yeah. sometimes they do deliver good stuff. Could this be their next Toy Stories? There's never been a bad Toy Story. Maybe Inside Out 2 has the ability to use uh, the teenage emo- emotions. I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful. Maybe yeah. that's bad of me, but I'm hopeful. We're also getting oh, another Devesh has Planet scheduling the... conflicts. They, they couldn't uh, walk into the booth to record. Yeah, <laughs> for a voice <laughs> role after the pandemic. In a Pixar movie that's not were... out for another several months. <laughs> Didn't they record Luca <laughs> under like blankets in his hotel room? <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, we got another Planet of the Apes movie coming out. Kingdom of the Planet yes. of the Apes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, and I, I think... hear it takes place years. Yes, apparently this it's long after Caesar has... Uh, Let's do it. Had his reign. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the recent spat of Planet of the Apes movies have been really excellent. They're also... And no business being that good? Yeah, uh, but they're also from a different creative team, so I'm curious how the switch-up is going to change. This one is coming directed by Wes Ball, who I don't think has the best track record. Nah. But uh, that's my boy. You, are you a Maze Runner guy? I am... Uh, uh, I think it's Ruin was his short... Before Maze Runner, and I was like, "All right, I see the vision here. Mm-hmm. I don't hate the Maze Runner. It's fine." Listen, you know what actually has me kind of confident though? Hmm. They gave him the Legend of Zelda movie. I don't think they do that if Whoa. they don't have confidence after Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, right? I put him. Yeah, I agree. I put him in the realm of uh, we were just talking about him, Godzilla creator, Gareth Edwards. I put him in that same vein. He, he right. is a person who knows every single uh, uh, position when it comes mm-hmm. to filming on set. You can see it with a short. I think it translated well to the Maze Runner. They allowed him to complete it. Don't get it twisted. Divergent never ended. <laughs> it is a miracle nowadays to actually finish the YA adaptation. You're telling me he's got this? I'm excited for what he's going to bring into the table. Because that, that teaser so far looks beautiful. Yeah, I'm very curious about that one. Uh Continuing with sequels, we're getting the third installment in the Crazy. Pearl franchise, I guess is what we could call it. Maxine right? from uh, Ty West starring Mia Goth. There's an interesting cast on this one, too, with Elizabeth. Wait, why did you say Pearl? It's X. I mean, but it's the Pearl character. I don't know, man. It's Max fine. It's the X franchise. Scene. Fine. It's the X franchise. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, Michelle Monaghan, Bobby Cannavale, Moses Sumney, Lily Ho- Collins, Halsey. It's a really interesting cast attached to this one. I can't say that I was like the biggest fan of either X or Pearl. I thought they were both like interesting. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel like this is a going to be a really fun setting for Ty West to play in. Yeah, it's going to be a good uh, good swing from them. Just, just the fact that they'll be outside of... Uh being trapped on a farmhouse. Yeah. I think it's going to make it interesting. Definitely. All right. So we got the first half of rebel moon at the end of last year. Zack Snyder will be back with the second half. Hopefully it feels like more of a story than the last one. And this is before the Snyder cut, right? You're just pitching me the original version. Yes. Part yes. Two, the original part cut two, before we get the director's cut. The of... Scar giver director's cut Snyder cut. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this one's actually coming out this year, uh, this year, but some people suggesting that the they follow the sequel for David Robert Mitchell's excellent It Follows is going to be out uh, sometime next year with Micah Monroe. 
Definitely interested if that's going to happen. Very interested. One that I just have no idea what to expect. Yes. Is Twisters. Yes. Because this yes. is a sequel to the 1996 iconic movie, uh, although it's a completely new story, one that apparently is more central to uh, themes of climate change and stuff like that. It's got a cool cast with Daisy Edgar Jones and Glenn Powell Stay. and Anthony Ramos, but it's directed by Lee Isaac Chung right? of, of Minari. Now, granted, Bro. like... I love Minari. It's just a very different movie than what I expect from a Twisters movie. Look, this is going to be the most fascinating thing to put on TNT. <laughs> when Twister used to be the one that was always playing on that channel. And I was going to be like a full epic, like dr- dramatic scenes that are going to be yeah. playing. I, I, it intrigues me. I, I, I'm, I'm all in. I think the first one is also, I want to say underrated. I think it's, it's under discussed, maybe. It's under discussed, but I guess again, to me, that's always been the TNT movie. It's considered mm-hmm. kind of like a popcorn film, but I think yeah. it's a little bit better than that. Now you have a real director coming in to do Twisters. I right. I think they see the potential in this franchise. Who would have known? Twisters, <laughs> the new <laughs> before sunrise. <laughs> All right, I got two more sequels I ru- want to run through, and they're the ones that okay. I'm the most excited about. First really? up, not is Joker. The- okay. It's the untitled Gladiator sequel, another Gladiator film from Ridley Scott. The cast on this one is just insane. It's led by Paul Meskel. We got Fred Hetchinger, got Denzel Washington in just a supporting role, Pedro Pascal. I don't know, man. Uh. I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the ty- this sort of like sword and sandal type of fight fight scene choreography is the stuff that I think Ridley Scott does better than most directors. So to mm-hmm. see him returning to uh gladiator times, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to be uh, there day one. Uh, but the you one heard Barry yeah. Keough dropped out of gladiator to be in that Andrea Arnold movie. We will talk about that Andrea Arnold movie Bro. in a bit, but yeah. Okay. 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 That's that, I, that just threw me for a loop, dude. Yeah. Uh, but the sequel that I think most people are most excited for, it's not enough. that far away, Dune Part 2, Denis Villeneuve. Beautiful. I mean, it, it's there, – there's no words that even need to be added. It, it's one mm-hmm. of the best uh, – Dune was one of the best blockbusters we had in recent years, and they, this one looks like it's going to be better somehow. Mm-hmm. We're traveling for it. All right. Uh, let's actually skip down to that movie we were just talking about. In Burr. Or, you know, hold on. Um, is Dune your most anticipated movie of next year? I know I know, we haven't gotten to the end of the list, but, like, I know you really, really want to see this one. I mean, do you beg for air? Like, to me, it's just <laughs> a given that I will be seated in another state to watch this movie. So it's almost like it's just looking forward to tomorrow for me when it comes to Dune Part 2. I, I want to watch Dune Part 1 and Part 2. <laughs> Again, on the big screen. Like, I, I I hope they do, like, a double feature experience when it comes to it. Uh, this will be the one that we're watching at South by at the yeah. uh, Bullock IMAX Theater. I have been Looking hyping the theater it. up for you. Um, decent seats, but it's that screen that speaks volumes. And if you get the chance to see it anywhere, please do yourself a favor and see it on a 143 IMAX. The true IMAX experience. It makes a difference. So, yeah. yes. Yes and yes, Zach. Yes and yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, skipping ahead, because you brought it up just a moment ago. Let's talk about Bird. This is the new film from Andrea Arnold. And as you 
mentioned Barry Ke- Keegan, uh, sorry, Keoghan dropped out of Gladiator in order to film this one. It stars both him and Franz Rogowski, who delivered one Pro- of the best performances yeah. of the year in Passages. Uh, um, but if you don't, if you're not looking at this video, then you have to look up this picture of Barry all tatted up on a on a scooter. Is it called Bird because he's on a bird scooter? Is that what's going on here? Is it that I never seen a bird scooter like that? <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but I'm I'm very down for it. Uh, yeah. Andrea Arnold has a particular vision of you know down and out characters, and yeah, she I does. Think Barry is particularly good at playing sort of like people who have a lot below the surface. It feels like a great match. I think he may surprise us with the best performance that he's been in so far because you and I, I think, may agree that he's been a little typecast mm-hmm. from all of the movies that he's been in recently. We can mm-hmm. kind of do a, a an arc through there. I'm not saying that this may not have it as well, but what I had read was him leaving Gladiator because he couldn't commit to that project considering how deep he got into this with Franz. So to me, you got two actors already overdoing it and right. they're some of the best in the game. Yeah. You already know how much I love Franz. Then you have Andrea Arnold, who does like the craziest direction possible to get them where they need to be. He talked about them doing, I don't know how many, not even takes. He She made them live in these characters till they were just reacting the way that she wanted them to. The script was just there to get them to the movie scenes that she wanted to film. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to see what, what, <laughs> what this director unlocked in him. I am very fascinated with this movie. Maybe, maybe may make my uh, top list, if not a, an honorary one. Ooh, Maybe. All right. I mean, it's got friends, dude. Friends alone <laughs> yeah. should be it. Uh, t- let's talk about Ballerina a little bit, because this is a movie you actually put on my radar since you are a big okay. proponent of the John Wick franchise. Uh, this is the <sighs> am, Ana de Armas spinoff that is in the works. Are you, are you hyped on this one or are you a little wary about it? Because it is not uh, coming from Chad Stahelski. It's directed by Len Wiseman. And Len has done what for us recently because Underworld the last... was it? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a look. I'm excited for anything new, John Wick. Uh, but do you even remember the name of the TV series? Uh, is it Hotel? The Continental. I... The Continental. And <laughs> yeah. the Adamas did what five minutes uh, at, on 007, and it made mm-hmm. me wonder if there was only five minutes for a reason. I am. Mm. Kind of skeptical, and the director doesn't help, but I, I I will be there. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not anticipating it yeah. as of right now. I want to give a quick shout-out to The Brutalist, because it's this new film from a really interesting actor-slash-director, Brady Corbett. He made... Yo, my man's uh, back? My man is back. He made Vox Lux. He also made yes, The Child of the Leader. Uh, but yeah, he, acting. he's back. Back to movies, this with a cast of Adrian Brody, Felicity Jones, Guy Pierce, Alessandro Nivola. I'm very curious about that. This one, it's apparently uh, about an architect whose life is changed forever by a mysterious and wealthy client. Oh hell yeah, bro! Click him back again, but this time go to his acting. Uh, That's no joke, right there. The directing, but that acting lineup, bruh. Yeah. Oh my goodness! He, he's he works Funny with games, so many Majeure. great directors, and this is a person who actually like absorbs the talent. Yep, I'm 100 percent looking forward. Ever since he did Vox Lux, that bit of him going, "I made this movie because you're online reading about Ariana Grande and the bombing that happened, and then all of a sudden you're talking about the new iPhone update." 
People looked at him sideways for that. Since then, post-pandemic, I've heard so many people snatch that bit from his press run from Vox Lux. Oh, yeah, you know, it's just a juxtaposition of what you see on TV. This man was ahead of it. It's mm-hmm. because of the directors that he's worked with, but the way he's able to direct talent. I might just have another top ten. Yeah. Definitely curious about that one. Uh, also curious about Challengers. This was supposed to be out last year, the new film from Luca Guadagnino, but it got pushed to the beginning of this year. A really interesting uh, love triangle of sorts set against the backdrop of uh, professional tennis. You got Zendaya, you got Mike Feist, you got Josh O'Connor. And most importantly, you know, Luca, I think, is a director well-suited to this kind of like sensual teasing type of filming i don't know i think this could be a really fun movie same Um, i'm excited for it a24 is putting out what i believe is their most expensive movie ever next year or this year i should say in civil war the latest from alex garland a military epic i guess of sorts uh, about the united states on the brink of civil war i think a lot of people were making fun of the trailer based on like a very surface level reading of a of a movie that knowing alex garland is gonna have a little bit more beneath the surface of it but yeah i don't you know and Look, i always I, agree wait till the movie exactly yeah it, it did make sense if you're gonna call out america then have bits of america be in there yeah. Again, so, I'm not going to comment on it until it comes yeah, out, but yeah. it, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, look, there are I, aspects of the trailer that I think would feel ridiculous given, like, our knowledge of real-world political leanings. However, this is a sci-fi movie, so there's all sorts of explanations that we might not know about yet. Um, I think sure. I think we can wait until we at least see the movie to d- decide whether or not oh, it's completely sure. stupid. Uh, but regardless, look, Alex Garland is a really interesting filmmaker. I think you liked Men more than I did. But I think there's X-Mach- two of us out there. <laughs> <laughs> Me and him. <laughs> but look, Ex Machina is pretty widely considered to classic. be one of the classic modern sci-fi films. Annihilation is great. Dev was an incredible show. Knockout. That's just his work as a director. If you look at what he's written, please do. There's there's a bunch of other great movies in there too, right? And they're saying that this is going to be his last one because he wants to stop directing. He'd rather write. That's a hey. That's a bummer for me, who has really yeah. appreciated his directing. But uh, hey, I'm looking forward to it. At one point, they said this was three hours. That ended up being a glitch. So yeah, you're right. Let's wait for the movie, and uh, I'll be there. Uh, I know some people are excited for this next one called Cuckoo or Cuckoo. Okay. Uh, it is a it looks like a thriller. Uh, I think notably, it stars Hunter Schaefer and Dan Stevens. A lot of people have been waiting for Hunter Schaefer to kind of get a a starring role in a film. So very uh, true. Yeah, really interesting to see what ends up with this one. For Dan Stevens to leave? <laughs> I'm okay, a little like bit Dan more Stevens. intrigued uh, by the this next one called Ella McKay. Uh, this one stars Emma Mackey as well as Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be really confusing to get that one funny. in the future. But yeah. uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Woody Harrelson, Io Debris, and also interestingly, what? Albert Brooks. This is one of the first Albert Brooks roles in several years, I think it is. He's not is a guy who acts that much anymore. Uh, no, no, no. It's not. They're not. I don't even know if they're. I don't think they're related. I could be okay, wrong on I'm, that. Maybe somebody can correct me. Bro. James L. 
James L. Brooks is obviously like a legendary creator. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't made a movie in a little while, though. The last film he made was How Do You Know? Way back in 2010. Before that, it was Spanglish in 2004. Damn. Apparently, he negotiated... Uh, in allowing them to make another Simpsons movie, which is also in the works, by the way. Wait, he was wait, able what? to negotiate a budget for this movie. So he kind of like schemed his way into a budget to make this film. Uh, and I Frank Ocean did? Yeah. And it sounds kind of cool. It's about an idealistic young politician who uh, juggles familial issues and challenging work life when she gets prepared to take over her, the job of her mentor, the state's longtime incumbent governor. I don't know. I, I like movies that are That's kind hit, of bro. like, yeah, like a, a mix of the personal and professional. And James L. Brooks is really good at this. Like he makes dramedies. So we like yeah, to separate yeah, the words comedy yeah. and drama a lot, but he makes real drama. Oh, as good as it gets, Terms of Endearment, those, those are classics. Like Absolutely. I'd um, put Spanglish I up there too. Yeah, I, I, Spanglish I think is underrated. I mean, you know I have Spanglish a lot of love for my guy Sandman, but yeah, like. No, that's an underrated movie. Yeah. This next one, there's very little information out there about it. But look, it's a new movie from Jim Jarmusch. It's called Father, Mother, Sister, Brother. It's the first movie he's directed since 2019's uh, The The Dead Don't Die. We are both really big fans of Patterson. uh, But he's he's got a long history of iconic, iconic films. And this next one, uh, it's being shot in Paris. And it's described as quiet, funny, and sad. Sounds good to me. It stars Kate Blanchett. Hmm. Yeah. It's the sequel to Ghost Dog. <laughs> Watch it actually is, though. That would be really funny. But yeah. speaking of another guy who finds the craziest way to fund stuff, Jim Jarmusch, mm-hmm. research how, how he gets his movies made. That That's the way to do it. Full control. Uh, let's talk briefly about Flint Strong. This is a movie about a woman from Flint, Michigan, who became an Olympic gold medalist. I'm intrigued partially because it's directed by Rachel Morrison, who, while having not having made um, any feature films yet, she is the cinematographer oh. who has frequently worked with Ryan Coogler on films like Fruitvale Station and Black Panther. Okay. She shot Mudbound for Dee Reese. Uh, she shot Dope. Dope, so, bro. And you were yeah, just I, mentioning Cake. Exactly, right? Um, So I'm always curious about these people who transition from below-the-line roles into above-the-line roles. But beyond Rachel Morrison's involvement, this movie, written by none other than Barry Jenkins, not bad to add to the the roster. Yo, it's going to be a big Barry Jenkins year. Is uh, Mufasa this year? Oh, speaking of sequels, I forgot to put Mufasa on the list. Well, there you go. You got it right there. I almost, dude, for a second, I thought they were making a third Lion King movie? I'm like, wait, so we got the the one they have and then we got Mufasa? Turns out his is that. So I guess now we know it's a prequel and not a sequel. So a little bit different from the rollout when a lot of people were giving him hate about picking up the next big movie. But we'll see. That That's going to be a massive leap for him. It's a massive leap, dude. Do you know anything about this next one, Horizon and American <laughs> Saga? Yes, I do. <laughs> Didn't this man almost get divorced for this movie? <laughs> I mean, this man risked a lot of things for this movie. Kevin Costner is back to the director's chair Ridiculous. for the first time in a long time. Are we talking since, like, is it Open Range in 2003? I think so. 21-year 20, absence between for a movie that is really? largely self-funded that he eventually sold, I believe it was to Warner. Um, and it's meant to be... Whoa, 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 whoa. 
it's meant to be an epic about the American West during the Civil War, both before and after, told across four or five separate movies. <laughs> they already two, bro. This they, is my first time seeing three and four. Yo, three and four. They already shot parts one and two. Part one is going to be in theaters June 28th. Part two on August 16th. So they're they're doing the back-to-back sequels thing, like The I Matrix. I gotta give it to him. That's raw. The Matrix did 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 different seasons, bro. That's like within the same summer break. Yeah, it, it's before the Whoa. first film might even show up on VOD. You got to be a little intrigued with this. Yeah, he I gave mean, up Yellowstone. Just, that's the thing. The man was on the most popular television show and was like, "Nah, nah I'm let me go a do this." Film actor. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> he thinks he's gonna dance with wolves? It? I don't know. I mean, look, it, he. He's got all the money in the world at this point. Why not throw it at a passion project? His uh, his American letters to Iwo Jima here. He thinks he's going to get both nominations. <laughs> I'm intrigued with it. Um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love the rollout. I love the rollout. Same. I'm, I'm very, very curious. Just as like an experiment in right? releasing yeah, a cool. film. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, let's mention C'est Pas Moi. If I'm oh, dear. doing my yes. French right. Yes, it's not yes, me. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is the new movie from Leo Carrix, who obviously gave uh-huh. us Holy Motors and Annette, two of the most singular films perhaps released in the last decade mm-hmm. or so. Uh, and this film is uh, marketed as a self-portrait of sorts, uh, where he's turning the camera on himself. If, if you know anything about Leo Carrix as a director, you know that he's not going to make something conventional. So I don't know. It, that premise alone sounds intriguing to me i don't know whether or not this is a movie that i'm going to love or even like very much but it is going to be a fascinating thing you got denny levant back he's the dude from holy motors he's a very expressive actor so there's that and i can see the green has returned just don't ask (laughs) him what the green means uh let's talk about juror number two this is he's back maybe Clint Eastwood's last film in the director's chair. That's what people seem to be saying. I don't know if Clint himself is saying that, but look, I mean, the man is 92 years old. I don't know how much longer he can keep doing this. Uh, And he's only the director. He's not one of the stars of this one. Uh, But apparently it's based on a really interesting script. And he's got a stellar cast, including Nicholas Holt, Tony Collette, J.K. Simmons, Kiefer Sutherland, Zoe Dutch, and Chris Messina all involved in this one. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the last few Clint Eastwood directed films. I will say that much. But I'm not going to miss this one either. (laughs) Bro, I'm a big Clint Eastwood fan. Huge Clint Eastwood fan. I just mentioned Letters to Iwo Jima. (laughs) I know. Before I even knew you had this. If this can go the way of Mystic River, I will be very, very, very happy. I'd be okay with this going the way of um, Richard Jewell. Yeah. But please don't let it be. That was the last okay one. That was the last okay one. Please don't let this be Invictus. Please don't let this be. Cry Macho? Well, he was in Cry Macho, so I, I'm oh, okay, just, I'm okay, just, okay. just just the fact that he's not going to be in the movie, I'm removing him from it. But yeah. like, shh, J. Edgar, I, I just don't want it to be boring. I don't want it to yeah. be boring. Um, let's talk about Maria, which is the next film from Pablo Lorraine following, uh, opera soprano Maria Callas, you know, Pablo makes these 
particularly beautiful portraits of famous women, uh, whether it's, you know, Spencer with Kristen Stewart or Jackie with Natalie Portman. I think he just does a really great job of evoking uh, the beauty and the conflict in these places. Uh, he is doing this next film with Angelina Jolie, who is Interesting. not the worst person you could choose to like affix nah. a camera to for a couple hours. Uh, beyond that, he's also reuniting with Edward Lockman to shoot this one. Lockman, aside from being uh, Todd Haynes's go-to cinematographer, well, shot the last Lorraine film, El Conde. Well, yeah, even though I was not a huge fan of it, it looked incredible. So... I don't know, man. I, I think I'm I'm not the biggest Pablo Lorraine fan, but I, I have a feeling that okay. this one is going to hit. All right. Good casting, yeah. though. Uh, this is another one that I don't know much about. It's coming from A24 and first-time director Mark Anthony Green. But the, the plot line about a uh, pop star who suddenly returns after a decades-long appearance has me intrigued, as the, does the cast, which is headlined by Juliette Lewis, Iowa Debris, John Malkovich, Murray Bartlett, and Amber Bidthunder, who, if you remember, is from uh, the film Prey, uh, the uh, Predator mm, true. Uh, sequel adaptation or whatever. So mm-hmm. curious about that. Uh, also extremely curious about Pussy Island. This is the directorial debut from theaters? Zoe Kravitz. I, I hope so. I don't know. They might have to change the title. I, I'm just but... asking. I don't know where this is streaming, Zach. I don't know <laughs> where you pulled your list. Uh, so this is the movie that if you've seen some images of her riding on the back of a bike with Channing Tatum, those are all from. Uh, this they are is... now, yeah, they are now engaged, and I'm very curious to see what the product of their love produced because this is a movie that's sort of sort of set against the world of uh, elite money. It, it's uh, about a waitress who gets invited to a private island, and then it sort of turns into a thriller from there. I don't know, man. Uh, wait, Zoe wait, Kravitz. Wait. You see the cast? Levin Thurman Hawk? There's another one? I I think so, yeah. Right there, Maya's brother. Levon or Levin Thurman Hawk. Looks just like him. Yeah. Look at a male Maya Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like a male Uma Thurman, really. Um, right? Haley Joel Osment. Hey, wait, this is kind of interesting. Aaliyah Shaka? Simon Rex? Yeah, it's deep. A deep roster. Okay. I don't know, man. And Zoe Kravitz, too, while she hasn't directed a feature yet, I, I kind of feel like faith? just I just think she's got a vibe that is interesting. And I, I kind of want to see what she would want to attach her name to. I don't know if you direct our vibes, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, let's talk about Speak No Evil, because Bro. the original was one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen at, at uh, Sundance. Mm-hmm. And now they're set to remake it in English. With James mm-hmm. McAvoy, Mackenzie mm-hmm. Davis, and Scoop McNary. Three incredible actors. I'm I'm hyped for this one. I'm a little iffy with it because the first one goes all in. Yeah. You think but they're going to cut too many corners? I don't know. This director did do uh, The Woman in Black, which I would consider very much a studio film. But he did mm-hmm. Eden Lake. Knowing that and that it's James McAvoy, who I've seen in Trance. I hope I hope they go where it's supposed to go because then there's no reason for this movie. Right? Yeah. 
There is a shock factor to this movie that you need to commit to. And you cannot sanitize it for American audiences. Yeah. and that, But that's the thing, though. that That's the reason to do the movie. So I ha- I but, would have trouble imagining they would do it. But there's also a backdrop not really to do the it. Australian version. How is that going to be adapted here? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, I think I don't be, want to force majeure. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, what's it called? Downhill. Uh, downhill. Yeah. But uh, no, if this goes in, it's going to go crazy. Let's stick with horror and talk about the next M. Night Shyamalan film. It's called Trap. There's not much known about it, but it co-stars Josh Hartnett and M. Night Shyamalan's daughter, Salika. Mm -hmm. Have you seen her upcoming movie? That's also slated to come out next year, I think, right? Yeah. Do you have that one on the list? Because I saw that she was, or is it a different daughter? Yeah, it's a different daughter, I think. Okay. She's also got a horror Coming out at the beginning of the uh, of the month. I know she was the AD on. Um, there you go. Let's see. Go to director. She she AD'd for his last two, which I thought was pretty cool. There you go. The Watchers. And then who's in this cast? Dakota Fanning. Crazy, bro. Yeah. Some good stuff. I mean, a couple, a couple Shyamalan movies to be excited for next year. I'm uh, I'm excited, dude. Yeah. A hard pivot, though, to the world of Cooper Rafe, because his third movie, The Trashers, back. Hey, is uh, is set to come out next year. This is going to be his first movie that he's not the star of. It stars David Harbour and Cooper Hoffman of Licorice Pizza fame. Whoa. So two Coopers in this one. That's and I'm good. curious about it. It's, it's supposed to be a family movie set against the world of hockey. Uh, I like hockey. I like family. So And I like Cooper Rafe. <laughs> so I'm curious about The Trashers. Who's your hockey team? Got him on right now, the New Jersey Devils. Damn. Oh, he was ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Well, that's on me. I'm sorry. I didn't know. (laughs) I apologize for you. I know know you like the Radio Silence guys. They got a monster movie coming out next year, and it stars Melissa Barrera. Hey. Hey, What? Okay. I respect that. You know, I have a love-hate relationship with their screen movies, but I think that they work really great as a trio, being the two directors and the producer who come along with them. Mm -hmm. I hope that leaving the screen franchise is the best thing to happen to them. Ready or Not is great, and that's good. It's good they have another one. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about this next one, We Shall Be All. This is a uh, Chinese film, the only one from China that I have on my list because uh, (laughs) it's the only Chinese movie to come out. It's a long gestating movie from Jia Zhangche, who I'm definitely mispronouncing that name. I apologize. But uh, a pretty iconic director who's had several films uh, in Cannes over the years. Mm -hmm. Mountains Made Apart was the last one that I remember catching. A really interesting one. Frequently works with his wife, Zhao Tao, in the starring role. And this next one is a film that's set across the first two decades of the 21st century that apparently he's been filming for for the past 20 years. So this is like a a boyhood-esque, long gestating project uh, coming. Manhood. There you go. (laughs) So We Shall Be All is the title of that one. Uh, also got We Live in Time, the new from from John Crowley. This looks like a romantic drama starring Florence Pugh and oh. Andrew Garfield, a couple of people that seem like they're pretty easy to fall in love with. I'm hoping, hopeful for that one. Big fan of Brooklyn, so easily. You give me a Brooklyn with Florence Pugh, I am there. Yeah, that would be ideal, right? Damn, that looks really good. 
Uh, the Wicked adaptation is finally going to be released in theaters next year, but only part one. They're splitting them up. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm curious about this one. Cynthia Revo, Ariana Grande in the lead roles here. I like John Chu. I don't know if I like him as a director of musicals. I, I had some issues with how he approached In the Heights. But I don't know, man. Wicked is such an iconic and, and like fantastical movie. I feel like it'd almost be hard to screw screw this one up. Yeah. You've seen the show? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I feel the same way. I, I think he's got great visuals. I think he's able to get the choreography down. Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned about the dramatic moments, which I think, you know, considering the story it needs. Yeah. Um, and then one more here before we get into some of my top picks. I got Wolves, which is a film about wow. two lone wolf fixers unknowingly assigned to the same job. This is the kind of movie that if it had come out in 2005 would probably be number one on the list because it stars Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Uh, they are Ocean's both- movie. Yeah, it's almost like a reuniting of that, right? And maybe if Brad Pitt wasn't coming off of Bullet Train and George Clooney wasn't coming off of whatever he's directing now, I'd be a little more excited for this one. (laughs) Um, It's also directed by John Watts, which I'm not so sure what to make of. Because, like, his Spider-Man movies are fine, but it's also – it's Marvel. You don't really know how much to credit him, how much to credit Feige or whatever. The first production unit. Yeah. So (laughs) this will be the one. And it has Brad Pitt and George Clooney and Amy mm-hmm. Ryan. This this is a sink or swim right here. Definitely. And then this next one, I think it's going to be competing with Dune for a spot near the top of your list. Please tell me you know about Y2K. All I know, it's Kyle Mooney. That's a, I've heard people bring it up because they've asked Rachel Zegler a lot. And she says mm-hmm. that it has been an enthralling time with him. I know nothing else about this. Tell me. <laughs> uh, it is a horror movie set on December 31st, 1999, when the Y2B- Y2K bug kicks in, computers oh. start running amok, and going on a killing spree. This is, no the computers way. are killing people, but in in the turn of the century. I just saw the, the HBO doc that came out about how they had to fix the bug for Y2K before mm-hmm. everything crashed down, and the idea that like even our, our nuclear weapons were connected to this, and if it went offline, there could be a glitch and everything goes crazy, so... Whatever Cal Moody comes up with, I'm sure is going to be like the craziest, twistiest turning of it. I see Tim Heidecker's on here. I know you mess mm-hmm. with, the, with the boy. Mm-hmm. I'm in. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, maybe Sci-fi the, comedy? If it's just, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> maybe even if it's just an excuse for us to talk about Brigsby Bear, uh, it'll be one we, More than we appreciate. Yeah. All right, so let's get into my... Top 25, I think we're at. Um, I got 15 before we get to the top 10. The first one here <laughs> is Sean Baker. Man, I'm always going to be excited for a new Sean Baker movie. And guess what? It's about sex workers. Surprise, surprise. This one, oh. this time it's sex workers in upstate New York. Um, oh. I don't know, man. I, I just, I vibe with Sean Baker. I thought Red Rocket was great. I think Tangerine is great. I think Starlet is amazing. Uh, I just... Whatever he's working on, I'm definitely going to be curious about. Mikey Madison's not related to... uh... Mikey Madison was just a (laughs) daughter, right? You know where I'm going with this. Yeah. And the FX show, but she's not one of the Adeline girls. She just looks a lot like the mom. Yeah, I don't think she is. I think she's just in the show, like you mentioned. So she is like... She's the fictional daughter of the family. Exactly. She's, She's the one 
from uh, from the Scream franchise. Scream and, and was at the end of Once Upon a Time of Holly in Hollywood. What you did at the Scream. She's <laughs> <laughs> a good actress. Yeah. Do you know about Baby Girl? No, tell me. Uh, this is the next film from Helena Rain, who recently did Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Nothing but hits this, from her. And this is a movie uh, starring Nicole Kidman as a career woman who embarks on an affair with her 21-year-old intern. Don't even say played, his name, bro. Played by... It's on the list. Harris M.F. Dickerson. The list. <laughs> <laughs> Your boy, Harris. That's my boy. Up. Hooking up oh with Nicole my. Kidman. Goodness. Things are happening you, for him. Hey, you know that I've been arguing for bodies, bodies, bodies. I've been yes. saying that that is an underrated gem. People people are looking at it sideways, but I think it's going to age perfectly, especially for this generation. I don't know if you've had the chance to catch Instinct. I oh, want to I recommend really it by to. not recommending it because it is the most <laughs> uncomfortable watch of a oh, psychotherapist who falls in love in lust with like a serial killer who she's it's supposed to be watching over, but he's like really hot, bro. <laughs> and then she's, so she's the intriguing. witch from Game of Thrones and she just knows how to play with these dynamics the way she was able to yeah. embody. So, I mean, that's just a new set of, not to call them toys, but damn, Nicole Kidman, Harris Dickinson, and Antonio. Ooh. It's going to be excited. delicious. It's going to be it's delicious. Gonna be good. Uh, I got the bike riders on my list as well. This one had a Even Telluride premiere. Okay. And right. then sort of went into a bit of limbo as Disney decided to get rid of it. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll pause s- it. we'll see because. Uh, sorry. Uh, the the pause that they did from it being December first oh, yeah. to it, then they said it was going to still be a twenty twenty three release, and then they just again announced that it's twenty twenty four. So it's like this really yeah. weird push of it. But I got one question for you. Yeah. You had a real big issue with the Ferrari accent for uh, for what's your name. Every Shailene time Woodley? you mention Shailene Woodley's accent, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I can't look past Jodie Comer in the trailer. She sounds like she's from Minnesota, like she was supposed to be in Fargo, but they got her doing a Southside. Bro, I don't know what is up there. This is the closing night film in Chicago. Oh, was it? Wait, you saw it? No. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen. I haven't even seen the trailer for it. So I don't know the accent you're talking about. That's why you have it over here in the top 25. Go watch that trailer and then let me know afterwards. <laughs> it's, you it know got... that show Netflix had, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Chicago Party Game? Yeah. I should have cast her for the dialect coach. That's how off this is. From the trailer, Look, though, we will make our, we'll, we'll solidify yeah. when we see the movie. Whenever it got that mixed is. reviews out of Telluride. Some people really of liked course. it. I'm, I'm intrigued because Jeff Nichols is a very interesting director. He's, he's good. He's, yeah, yeah. he is. Sure. All right. Let me serve up one that I think you're going to be a lot more interested in. Please. Have you heard about The End? No. I'll let you begin. Tell me. So this is from Joshua Oppenheimer, who you might remember from his incredible documentaries, The Act of Killing and The Look of Silence, primarily a documentarian. This is not a documentary. This is a post-apocalyptic story about a rich family living in a salt mine that's been converted into a luxurious house. And the rich family is Tilda Swinton, George McKay, Michael Shannon with Moses Ingram. All right. First things first, George McKay is Harris Dickinson Jr. Jr. (laughs) Just putting that out of the way. And if you don't believe me, they're both starring in the same movie. If you scroll down, Femme. One more row, fourth row. Femme, right there. Harris was in the short. George McKay is now playing him in the feature. So don't get it twisted. Two, 
bro. I have something for documentarians turning into into to, to narrative feature film directors. Oh, we got we've more had of some, those coming up later. Look, we've had some boom ones. Don't get me wrong, right? Yeah. With Nyan and stuff, stuff that we wish was a little bit better. But no documentary has had the impact that I think the act of killing has had. Um, and it's also just recently. It's, I think it's an award at Sundance named after him. Yeah, and it's it's also that um, the act of killing is so narrative based for a documentary too. Like so much of it is about constructing the revelation, narratives. The subject. I don't want to spoil it. It's yeah. yeah. Someone was just, I was hearing an interview from like a really prolific person. I think it was a director. And they talked about that moment, witnessing that moment at Sundance when the killers that he's uh, interviewing have a revelation. And he's like, that's like top three cinematic moments that they've ever seen. And I'm like, damn, to put Mm. it that high on, I wish I could remember who was saying this, but it just showcases um, how well of a director this person is and to be doing a, a narrative with a Hey, Tilda Swinton's no joke. That's a pretty good uh-huh. cast right there. I'm, I'm, uh-huh. I'm intrigued. Damn, these are really good picks. It'll be a good year. Thank you. Uh, let's talk about Faces of Death. This is the next film from Daniel Goldhaber, who directed one of my favorite films of the past year in How to Blow Up a Pipeline. He also directed Cam, which is a film he co-wrote I like, with I like Cam. Lisa Maze, who's also co-writing this new one with him. It is I, a remake. This one's for me. Uh, it's a remake that stars Barbie Ferreira, Dacry Montgomery, Charlie XCX, and Jermaine Fowler. This movie's okay. going to be out of control. All right. Interesting. I, I've heard a lot of people say that this is a film that is going to be like extremely difficult to adapt, but I'm very curious about that. I still haven't seen the original, it? so we will do, we'll go back and do the homework before we end up seeing this. Did one. you read I it? Haven't, uh, did, did you read what read? it's about? Uh, yeah. It's so well, I don't I'm, know if you said it out loud for the podcast. Oh no, I'll that say is, it's a yeah, <laughs> a moderator on an in- internet video sharing platform stumbles across potential snuff film ring hidden in the depths of the site's what? content. D- this happened to us in 2019 on Intercut. This is crazy. This is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, it mean, looks good. It looks it looks rad as fuck, I think. I was a big fan of Cam. I think Same. I I like well, you like? I think you ended up liking a. Uh, How to blow up a pipeline the, a bit more. A little bit more, but uh, Cam was a standout to me, and uh, the the way he handles the internet, I think, is a very fascinating. Uh, he's got a very fascinating perspective from it. Either the way people totally. meet up through How to Blow Up a Pipeline, or just the way that uh, it was able to do with Cam. So it's gonna be interesting. Definitely. Uh, the idea of you, this sort of is along the same lines as Baby Girl, but perhaps a little bit less. Um, a less manipulative or, or less like shocking maybe seems like it's a little bit more sweet because this is coming from director Michael Showalter who makes a lot of really sweet movies from one of the ghosts. Uh, the big sick to uh, spoiler alert my name is Doris he is this time directing Anne Hathaway in a film about a mom who takes her 15 year old daughter to Coachella and then starts having an affair with the artist that she's there to see. Uh, it is based off of, I believe, a Harry Styles fanfic. And oh the Harry gosh, Styles bro. figure is being played by Nicholas Galatine. Oh, my God. He's good. He's he's also really good. Yeah. Anne Hathaway. That's all, all I recognize here. Look, <laughs> Michael Showalter wrote one of my favorite movies, and that is... Um, Oh, I'm blinking on it. The one with uh, Paul Rudd. Oh, um, 
They Came Together, is it? They Came Together is one of my favorite movies of his. Yeah. So, I, I love Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, he'll forever Wet Hot be American Summer is also, that, also, yeah. also solid, yeah. So if he's able to hit that energy there, it's going to be good. Yeah, we'll see. Because I am sometimes hit or miss with him as a director, but I'm hopeful. Yeah. Um, all, I'm also really curious about this next one from Andrew Stanton. Name you probably not heard much recently. This one's called In the Blink of an Eye. It is an epic sci-fi exploring the history of the world and nature. Um, I I don't know, man. It's a vague title. But Andrew Stanton, I think, is We're like a genuinely... We're not watching John Carter, bro. We're not reevaluating John Carter. John Carter is great. Don't, don't even, man. I love John Carter. Man, you know what is in, uh, not even an argument, though? Everybody loves Wally. Everybody loves Wally. Is, this is the man who made Wally. This is the man who made Finding, Finding Nemo. Nemo. That, that's dude. Finding Nemo's my movie. Yeah, he's been I mean, trying. Now we're John Carter. <laughs> he's been trying to get more work in live action. It's been a little bit tough going, but uh, he he's back at it. I'm very curious. It's got Kate McKinnon, Rashida Jones, and David Diggs. Who, you know, I I like those actors. I don't think they're necessarily guarantees of anything, but I do like those actors. You're not as sold. You're not as sold. I can't sell you. I will. I will watch John Carter one more time for you. I love John Carter. I think that's so. Un- <laughs> it's so underrated. Mula, We're gonna have to do an intercut. Uh, Mula movie always club. in my heart. Yeah, please. Uh, let's talk about the new Don Hertzfeld movie that he just recently announced. Me. I have no idea if this is a short or a feature. It doesn't matter. Uh, World of Tomorrow is like one of my favorite pieces. Oh of yeah, with this all be, time. Yeah. That, okay. That'd be interesting. Yeah, so the Austin animator is coming back with another film that there's basically cool. no details about, but as long as it's happening, I'm curious about it. I hope it's a feature. Yeah, same. Um, we got to talk about Megalopolis. Please. I have no idea what to expect with this one. I funded this I'm movie. S- I bought two <laughs> bottles. There we go. Yeah, we, we all did our part. We all did our part. <laughs> yeah, this is the return of director Francis Ford Coppola, one of the titans of cinema oh. like do we even have to list the credits for francis no, ford coppola mentioned a barbie. His, his offspring are responsible for more classics than most people Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, self-funded off the wine yeah self-funding this movie for i believe north of a hundred million dollars by the way off of his his wineries it stars adam Crazy. driver it stars Lawrence Fishburne. It stars Shia Damn. LaBeouf in the year 2024. All right, I'll give it to him. Uh, Aubrey Plaza is in this one. Forrest Talia Whitaker, Shire back? Talia Shire back. Giancarlo Esposito, Jason Schwartzman. Like, the cast goes on and on. Um, I don't know, man. I have no idea what to expect for this one. It's about an architect who wants to rebuild New York City as a utopia <laughs> following a devastating disaster. <laughs> Okay. I don't know, man. It sounds it sounds sure. really, really cool. Why not? Let's yeah. do it. Uh going from a icon of cinema to an equally notable director, David Gordon Green. <laughs> uh yes. Gordon Green is finally, finally doing a non-horror movie. Praise be. I, I could not take any more. Uh, but I think he works well when he's in a dramatic register. And this kind of sounds like a good marriage of not only director and plot, but of star because he's working with Ben Stiller on this film. That is about a man named Mike uncle to some uh, young kids who goes to Ohio, 
Ohio to look after them after their parents die in a car accident sounds like ripe material for the kind of like dramedy material that defined the early stages of David Gordon Green's career. So I, I don't know, man, even though I can't say that I liked the last several David Gordon Green movies, I'm curious to see him work in that register. So not an adaptation. Of the Nutcracker? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Rebel Ridge. This might be the most badass sounding movie on my list. It is a high velocity thriller that explores systemic American injustices through bone breaking acting sequences, suspense and dark humor. I don't really know what that means, but I'm there for it because it is written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier of Blue Ruin and Green Room fame. Uh, I've been waiting for him to work in this register again because nobody is work. Nobody does the kind of like grimy, gritty, brutal action quite like he does. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm curious about it. It stars Anna Sophia Robb. Hey. Um, yeah. Rebel Ridge. Definitely uh, one to look out for. Looks good. Uh, good director. Yeah. Roadhouse is another one I'm curious what? about. It's the remake of the Patrick Swayze movie starring Jake but, Gyllenhaal, except this time he's a former UFC fighter. If you've seen any of those crazy videos going around of Jake Gyllenhaal looking swole as crazy, fuck yeah. at UFC events, it's because of this movie. And it's f- directed by Doug Lyman, who is probably one of the like least respected iconic action directors of our time. I mean, he gave us Edge of Tomorrow, well, Mr. and Mr. Smith, and The Bourne Identity. Right, but then he gives you stuff like Chaos Walking, which like nobody Which is a, which is a four star film. You didn't even I give mean, it four stars. <laughs> three and a half star film. It's a three and a half star Doug, film. I thought Roadhouse was gonna star Ronda Rousey. That was a while ago. Uh, I'm in like last year's news yeah, cycle. Okay. My bad. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean I'm I'm curious about that one. I think it's gonna be a fun time at the very least. Although I'm a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Same. That's the thing. The man always fully commits to a performance and he looks extremely committed to this one. I don't know if you heard about the story. I don't know if this is true or not, that apparently Mm. Doug Lyman and Jake Gyllenhaal visited Jeff Bezos on one of his mega yachts to try and convince him to release this movie in theaters where they screen it for him. And the movie's going straight to Amazon Prime. (laughs) I believe that. It's true. Uh, I'll give a quick shout out to The Shrouds because it is the new movie directed by David Cronenberg. The man has just got a distinct vision of the world that is unlike perhaps anybody else except maybe his his son. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one stars Vincent Cassell, one of, one of my favorite actors. So I'm definitely curious nice. about that one. Um, I think his daughter actually has a movie coming out this year too, although I did not put that on the list. So we can add that to the longer, longer list. All the Cronenbergs? Uh, yeah, all the Cronenbergs are directors now. Wow. Good yeah. for them. Um, and then uh, one last thing before I get into my top 10. You talked about how you like when documentarians become narrative directors. Let's go. Okay. Let's talk about Kirsten Johnston, the director of Dick Johnson is Dead and Camera Person, working on a film called Sontag. This is a bio biopic on Susan Sontag, the iconic thinker and writer. Uh, and Sontag will be played by Kristen Stewart. Busy year, a, huh? A busy year for Kristen Stewart, always enabling uh, really interesting filmmakers. Oh, I can what, see that look right there. 
part of what I think is interesting about this movie, uh, supposedly while Kristen Stewart was on the Berlin Film Festival jury last year, they were shooting a bunch of documentary style footage of her to use in this movie. So I don't know if Su Susan Sontag died several years ago. So oh, I don't know if they're doing some kind of like law, uh, like displaced in time thing or experimental approach. Like they're going like, I'm not there Bob Dylan esque with it. Or if it's just, they, they had a great location in Berlin and they just did it there. I don't know. Either way. I'm very curious about Sontag. She's the one who wrote Cause I keep seeing this book. Every Notes on camp. Yes. Yes. Everyone keeps mentioning this book because of May, December, and you can tell that they also just like heard somebody say it, so they've been bringing it up. Half of them like misquoting the book. Yeah. All so right. Like an I'm icon. intrigued. Absolutely. There you go. Oh, I actually realized there's one more movie I didn't have in my top 10. Let's just add that hmm. one to the pile because The Way of the Wind. Do you know anything about this one? No, who's that? Oh, okay. Terrence Malick is making a Jesus movie, and he's got wow. Geza Rorig from Son of Saul starring as Jesus. Then Mark <laughs> Rylance playing Satan. Satan. I want to see Mark Rylance as Satan. He basically did that already in Bones and All. He'd play a good Satan. I think so. Some I Joseph Fiennes on there. That, like, Let's put him as Pontius Pilate. <laughs> I also think that like the story of Jesus is one that Terrence Malick is perhaps like the perfect director to try and capture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Because are we also getting? Um, Passion of the Christ too. Yeah, I, th I believe that Gibson is uh, hard at work on that one. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be crazy, like have to have four movies back to back to back be about Jesus? Right. The Chosen keeps releasing their stuff on on theaters. Then you got The Way of the Wind. Then you got this. Then you got like the Zack Snyder. What you know, he's just gonna put Jesus into part, whatever part two is. Yeah. All right. A lot of Jesus. Yeah. All right. Ready for my top ten? Let's go. Number 10, I have the new film from Lynn Ramsey. It's called Polaris. I nice. don't know much about it, but everything that I know about it makes me excited for it. The plot is that it's set in Alaska in the 1890s, and it's about an ice photographer who meets the devil. The two people in the cast are Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm very intrigued by it. It's, it's not much, Damn. but... Just getting the two of them opposite each other, I'm very. I, I need to know what happens there. They've already made magic together, so. Lynn Ramsey, particularly, a really incredible director. Uh, most recently, did "You Were Never Really Here" with Joaquin Phoenix, which I, I, is an incredibly underrated film. So I definitely want to see Polaris when that one comes out. Uh, untitled Pavement film. I don't know if you know much about this one, or if you know much about the band Pavement, the band. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but. Alex Ross Perry has spent the past several oh, years okay. working on this film, which apparently is like a hybrid narrative documentary approach to telling the story of pavement. Uh, I heard him recently on the big picture podcast where he was talking a bit about his progress with the film. And he, he thinks that it's the best film that he's ever worked on. I believe is what he was saying. I, you know, nice. it, that's maybe doesn't mean much coming from the director himself, but I feel like it Alex doesn't. Ross Perry <laughs> is like, a harsh enough judge that hopefully he he's speaking some truth. I mean, I really, really like him as a director and we haven't had anything new since her smell back in 2018. I think it was now. So oh, wow. yeah, he's been working a lot in music videos since then, including on music videos for pavement. So I don't know. Interesting. I, 
I'm intrigued enough by him trying to chew something off like this. I'm, I'm hoping that what we get is similar to like when Edgar Wright decided to make that movie about Sparks because it's that just like, doctor, have, right? Yeah. But it's still like, it's pulling all of his creative energy into telling some, the story of something he's really passionate about. Right. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be beyond a normal film about a band. For him, if that makes any that sense. Too, yeah. yeah. Cause it would be also his biggest movie too. No, probably. Yeah. I mean, if you're attaching yourself to the band, that's definitely yeah. bigger than a Hearst Mellon, right? Yeah. Uh, number eight on my list is the next film from David Lowry. This one is called Mother Mary. And we got another oh, nice. Anne Hathaway appearance because she Ooh. is playing a fictional musician uh, in an epic pop melodrama who's in a relationship with an iconic fashion designer played by Michaela Cole. You also have Hunter oh. Schaefer, Hunter Schaefer and Kaya Gerber in the cast for this one. Okay. I mean, look, David Lowry is probably enough to get my name in the door, but Anne Hathaway opposite Michaela Cole just sounds extremely promising to me. I'm seeing right here A24 already picked it up. That's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Wow. We've got a lot of okay. A24 on this list. Uh, this next one, though, I think is Focus. I could be wrong about that, but I got uh, you. yeah, it's Focus Features. Look at me. Knowing stuff. Uh, it's Driveway Dolls. It is the f- debut solo directorial effort from Ethan Cohen of the Cohen brothers fame. His brother went and made a really like self-serious and dour Shakespearean adaptation in the tragedy of Macbeth. It is great. I thought it was really good, but I kind (laughs) of miss the fun Cohen energy. And I Uh, guess Ethan is the fun brother. Yeah. Now you know who brought it. You know, we have two siblings splitting this year. Right. I mean, right. they've been we had splitting. the Safties more recently, and now we're realizing who's who's on whose side, right? Mm-hmm. You think you're going to prefer Ethan over Joe? I think that I'm going to vibe more with Ethan, even if maybe Joel is the artist. It is just really fascinating to see. Like, it, is it that like rigid? Is it that Ethan is the lighthearted guy and Joel is the self serious one? And when they they meet, they make magic, or or is there a little more uh balanced than we we are maybe giving them credit for but either way out, dude. i yeah i think driveway dolls just looks really fun it's got an incredible cast with margot Qualley, geraldine viswa nathan beanie feldstein coleman domingo pedro pascal matt damon bill camp miley cyrus who i just realized is in this too um i don't know man i i'm i'm there day one absolutely i i wish they hadn't What's pu- the date? pushed this one yeah we were uh, supposed to get this last year yeah, they pushed it to February. Oh, okay. It's yeah. close. Nice. It's close. Good. Pretty close. Good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Spaceman. This one is coming to Netflix, starring Adam Sandler, my guy. Uh, and it's, it's Sandler, I'm assuming, in maybe a little bit more of like a dramatic register based on the book, which I, I read in prep for this movie. Oh, uh, he plays good. an astronaut who gets sent off on a sort of like hopeless space mission and sort of tries to deal deal with the his life falling apart back home while he's gone. Uh, it has Adam Sandler, of course, also has Paul Dano playing the role of a mysterious figure he meets while out in space. You got Carrie Mulligan playing the, uh, the wife character as well. I think the thing that makes this one jump out at me, aside from Adam Sandler's involvement, is that this is, I want to say the feature directorial debut of Johan Renk, 
who directed Chernobyl over on HBO. Mm. So just an interesting match to take the guy who made like a riveting docudrama in Chernobyl and see what he does with Adam Sandler in a space movie. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm very excited for this one, even though uh, I'm not sure what the tone is going to be because the book is a little bit silly, but it's also like deeply sad and serious. Interesting. Yeah. I, I know nothing of this man, but <laughs> you said it's Netflix? Yeah. Okay. And I think it's going to be out uh, March 1st, so not too oh, far in the future. Right around the corner. Same day as Dune. They're competing with Denis. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. All right. My top five. Number five is Nosferatu. It's yeah, the next this, this will film be doubled up for sure. From Robert Eggers, the man behind The Witch, behind The Northman, behind The Lighthouse. And this one stars Bill Skarsgård, Lily Rose Depp, Nicholas Holt, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Emma Corrin, Willem Dafoe as a vampire hunter. Have you seen some of these pictures of Willem Dafoe? I saw one picture of, uh, what's his name, as a lead. And I'm, I'm not looking at another one. I saw it on my phone, so it was tiny enough. I don't want anything spoiled until that first trailer. I feel like this yeah. is the one he's been waiting on, dude. Yeah. Like, he, I mean, took, feels... he took cuts for the Viking one, Northman, just mm-hmm. to be able to be able to play ball so that he can get what he wanted for Nosferatu. That yeah, says a I... lot to me. I mean, matching that vision with like an iconic character and already just it looks so visually compelling. I'm I'm very excited to see what he cooks up. My number four is Blitz. This is the new film coming from director Steve McQueen, and it follows the stories of Londoners during the aerial bombings of the British capital during the world during World War uh, Two, I believe. Um this is with it's also got Saoirse Ronan and again your boy Harris Dickinson showing up in exciting upcoming projects. Um, look, Steve McQueen, I just think is like one of our elite directors, and yeah. I don't know if it's just because like the last few movies got relegated to Amazon Prime that we're not talking about it. And what's a four-hour doc? <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it, it just feels like so long since we were talking about Widows. And even then, we weren't talking enough about how good Widows is. I, I have a feeling Blitz is going to be a really, really powerful piece of uh, filmmaking. Sounds good. Yeah. Number three, we are getting another Yorgos Lanthimos collaboration with Emma Stone, hopefully next year. Not hasn't been dated, but uh, the film is completely shot. It is called mm-hmm. Kinds of Kindness. It tells three separate stories with the cast playing different characters in each of them. And what a cast it is beyond Emma Stone. It's Jesse Plemons. It's Hong Chow. It's Willem Dafoe. It's Joe Alwyn. It's Margaret Qualley. It's Kiki Palmer. It's Hunter Schaefer. Again, that's three, I think, for Hunter that's Schaefer. That's three. And Mamadou Athi, who is a really okay. underrated actor that I like quite yes, a he bit. Is. Um, I, I don't know, man. Uh Yorgos Lanthimos has the secret stuff for me. I've liked, I think, every movie he's done. And I know you really vibed with Poor Things, too. Yes, I'm I did. very curious about this one. Also because this is the first film that he has a writing credit on since Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, so I'm curious what it is that he wants to lend his pen to as well as his vo- as a vision. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. All right. Number two, we we addressed it at the top. But it's got to be Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. 
Mad Max Fury Road is probably my favorite action film, maybe of all time, at least of the all last like time. 10, 15, 20 years, something like that. It's just so incredibly realized. Uh, and here we're going back to the beginnings, to the origins. Uh, you know, I'd love to keep Charlize Theron around, but if you're going to replace her, Anya Taylor-Joy is not a bad place to start. Not a bad really choice like at all. her. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is, is around for this rodeo as well. I just think it looks amazing. I, I know that some people have their complaints and I, I just don't know if like the trailer is going to be the right place to to air them out. I think we got to sit and watch this one because George Miller, I think he knows what he's doing most of the time. He's a pretty competent director. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe not everybody what? vibed with 3000 years of longing, but like, I think he, but he made happy feet. So yeah. Right. Is this one high on your list? It, it is. It's especially I, I was one who was a little disappointed with the way that they put out that first trailer. Mm-hmm. There is a difference now with the, the newer trailer in theaters and it actually feels uh, reminiscent of the first one uh, or the Man Max Road. All right. So my number one, though, it's got to be Mickey 17. It's a Ooh. new Bong Joon-ho movie. It's been too long since we got Parasite, which is, I mean, widely considered to Four be years? like one of the best, yeah. best picture winners ever. Of all time. So how do you follow that up? Apparently with a a space set film starring Robert Pattinson uh, that's had this one intriguing teaser trailer for like a year and a half now and no other updates since then. I'm a little worried this movie's going to get pushed because it's supposed to come out in like two months and we've barely seen anything. <laughs> We're going to get Spider-Verse 2 first. <laughs> But look, it's it's Bong Joon Ho. I mean, the man has no misses on his record. Like if you if you look at that track record, and it's like I guess Okja is one of the worst ones. Like the man is really really good. Uh, beyond Robert Pattinson, I'm also really curious because you got Steve Young, yeah, and who is in Okja. You got Tony Collette. You got Hell Mark yeah. Ruffalo. You got Naomi Aki. Let's go. I, I think we got a special one on our hands with Mickey Seventeen. Should be good. And who picked this one up? Uh, this one is Warner Bros. Well, <laughs> hopefully they do one thing right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got I got five movies that I'm just going to mention quickly at the end here because yeah, I one of them I know... was uh, I was wondering it would have been made my list. Yeah. So Apex is a new film from director Joseph Kaczynski. You might have heard right. this one because of this one because this is the one about Brad Pitt as an F1 driver for which he's been actually racing during F1 practices in order to get some of the footage over. Um, It sounds like a crazy production, the kind of thing that not many people could handle, but the guy who made Top Gun Maverick and filmed with all those fighter jets, I think he can handle it. Uh, Beyond Brad Pitt, you got Damson Idris, you got Kerry Condon, you got Tobias Menzies. They got Lewis Hamilton listed in the cast. I mean, and Javier Bardem too. All I, right, that I'm was just, raw. Yeah, I, I don't know much about it, but I'm really intrigued by how it's being put together. Also, really intrigued by Weapons, which is the next film from Zach Kreger, who came out of nowhere and surprised people with mm. the absolutely messed up vision that was Barbarian. He's been describing this follow up as similar in tone to Magnolia, which is like maybe my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Yeah, this is... I don't know if you say that. You got to let other people say it's like Magnolia. <laughs> right? That's a tough one. It's a tough one. 
but I'm I'm intrigued. He's got some interesting uh, names attached to this one as well, from Pedro Pascal to What's Renat Renisve, Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, Brian, Pedro Pascal is definitely overexposed. I think we could talk about that at some point, right? Too much, bro. He's yeah. the last of me now at this point. Better not that, bro. Like, we have two movies with her, if I'm not mistaken, at Sundance. Yeah. This. And then this one, too. Very standout year for her. Yeah. Um, three more movies it looks cool, here. It looks cool. It looks cool. Three more movies here that I don't think are going to make 2024, but Paul Thomas Anderson is working on another Thomas Pynchon adaptation. This one is going to be a Vineland. The rumor is that Leonardo DiCaprio uh, yeah, is going I to be the man. star of this one. Um, it, I mean, yeah, it, look, if this movie comes out this year, it's going to be my most anticipated of the year. I just yeah. don't think it's going to come out this year. But it's going to be Leonardo DiCaprio because Letterboxd says right there that cast is Leonardo DiCaprio, so it's going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> right? It's it's funny because they have Leonardo, Leonardo and, Joaquin and Joaquin listed, <laughs> and I don't think it's going to be both of them. That's I'm pretty sure it's works, not going to be right? both. Yeah. You, you got to submit the lineup before the game. Come on. Yeah. Uh, the right. Untitled Jordan Peele Project. This one was you know originally on the calendar for Christmas this slate. year, and they took it off. And it's Ugh. unfortunate, but... We got to give Jordan all the time he needs. I was listening to his uh, appearance on the Conan O'Brien podcast recently, and he said, speaking of filmmakers praising their own material, that this is his favorite script he's ever written. I've I've liked every script he's written, so that makes me pretty damn excited. Okay. And this last one might be the last one from this director, Quentin Tarantino. Threatening to retire after his 10th film. Threatening. Movie critic. <laughs> I'm really excited by this one. Uh, not just because it's about a movie critic, but like who also knows this material better than Quentin Tarantino, right? Like he right? Yeah. has an interesting perspective on it, similarly to his approach in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, there is a rumor out there that this film is full of um, clips from fictional movies in this universe and that it's going to be Tarantino's way of making parts of projects that he never went the whole way to finish. Ooh. It, it sounds like it could be a pretty awesome platform for Tarantino to just play, to just have fun. And he's, he's a so guy goofy. who he, yeah, he comes in and guy. makes his Marvel Cinematic Universe, his own <laughs> right. ARG. What a goof, bro. <laughs> Spielberg with his own streaming service. Y'all are crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, look, if, if he can pull that off, the movie critic is going to be awesome. Uh, I know they're apparently courting Leonardo DiCaprio for this one, too. We'll oh, see who ends up in him. it. Yeah. Uh, but, look, Jordan Peele, Paul Thomas Anderson, Quentin Tarantino, they're the kind of filmmakers who, if they're putting out a movie, you, you got to put it at the top of your list. Yeah. Easily. Damn. Yeah. Right. It'd be crazy um, if any of those. I see Devesh in the live stream comments is mentioning the new Zemeckis film called Here. Um, I left it off my list only because Zemeckis I find to be so hit or miss, particularly recently. Um, even though he's teaming up with uh Tom ha- Tom Hanks, I don't know, man. I just like just sometimes it you get a welcome tomorrow in with him, right? But that said, like I, I really love the walk which was not that long ago. So I, I think he's still capable of some magic occasionally. So maybe we should put here somewhere in consideration. Yeah. That's an uh, interesting uh, approach though. We'll see how it goes. Did you have any other movies that we didn't mention or maybe did uh, an impromptu top 10? 
Um, yeah, before my impromptu top 10, he had also mentioned Schrader might have another one, so that'll be interesting oh, to get updates. Yeah, we should definitely mention Facebook. Is, is it is it called O Canada or something like that? He's been saying that this is probably gonna be his last film. Oh my gosh, I'm tired of these people with their last one. This is our last podcast, too, by the way, in case you all listen. Um, I'm intrigued because out of his last three, I think the weakest so far has been the the one we saw in New York. So constant guard. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, something, something, Gardner. Gardner. shoot, that's gonna bother me. Um, he said, constant <laughs> <laughs> the midnight gardener, master gardener, yeah, master gardener, yeah. I don't think he's reached the level of um, the one with uh, replace the priest. Oh, first reformed, before right. yeah, first reformed, I think, has been. The, the biggest from his most recent movie. So I'd be curious yeah. to see him level up on that one. Totally. And, but the first reform wasn't that long ago. So it wasn't that long ago, but it was still three movies ago. True. True. All right. Do you have an impromptu top 10 or anything? Or yeah, right off the bat, we're going with Godzilla V Kong, bro. You yeah. got it twisted and you didn't mention it. So I'm here to let you know that the biggest sequel of the year is still on the horizon. That'd be my honorable mention with Jordan Peele. If he would have counted this year, but uh, my impromptu ones would be, you can uh, find it all the way at the bottom. Um, I'm starting with Mickey 17. I am also excited for the new Jordan, Jordan, the new Bong Joon-ho. Uh, very curious to see what he's going to do there. Nasferatu with Robert Eggers, I think is always going to be, uh, he's always going to give us something very unique. And I think mm-hmm. the fact that he's put all of his eggs in one basket for this movie shows me that this is the adaptation he's been wanting to tackle for a while. Uh, I'm going for the Brutalist. If Brady Colbert does a movie, I am, I am intrigued. I thought that the outing that he had last time was one of, uh, Natalie Portman's best performances. I just love the way that he deals with actors and the way he casts, you know, in that movie, he had the, uh, her younger version play the older version's daughter. He just does Mm -hmm. intriguing things like that with his narrative. So I'm definitely there. Uh, next up would be, we live in time, which you had mentioned as uh, John Crowley's newest movie, Florence Pugh and Andrew Garfield are enough for me to be in a seat. Then you tell me that it's the guy who killed it with Saoirse in Brooklyn. I'm fully there. Uh, next one is Me- Megalopolis. Me- Megalopolis, I say. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola's movie. Um, how can you not be there? Is there a possibility that you're going to need to see the uh, director's cut the way that you had to for a lot of his other movies? Maybe, but mm-hmm. if he doesn't apocalypse now this and he just gives us the full thing, I am very intrigued to see what one of the greatest directors out there has made without choosing the Martin Scorsese streaming route. Mm-hmm. Who else would you name from classic directors? Spielberg's kind of kept it. Uh, you know, he's produced a lot. Yeah. Ridley he continue making his stuff. Ridley overworks himself, right? Ridley even yeah. had a comment on that. He was just like, you guys can take your breaks, but I'm just going to continue making things. Mm-hmm. This is a different approach to it. And I'm very curious yeah. to see what Francis brings to it. Uh, and then my top five baby girl. Yeah. That's a director. I'm always looking Alita forward Rain. to. And uh, having Nicole Kidman and the boy Harris Dickinson, I got to have him somewhere on the list. I'm going to go twisters. Alina, one of Alina's favorite movies is Twister. So I'm going to okay. go Twisters. First of all, Twister, they added the S. You already know what that means if you're using Aliens it's logic. <laughs> a trick of the old James Cameron playbook. Let's go. And it's such an interesting choice with uh, Leah Isaac Chung. So uh, we'll, we'll see if Glenn Powell brings that in. Um, I'm going to go Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes for number three. I believe in West Ball. I hope he continues what is going to be this new set of trilogy, uh, this new trilogy that's finally in the realm of actually being uh, Planet of the Apes. 
because right. everything else was pretty much a prequel leading up to this. So I'm curious if by the third one, it ends up kind of uniting with that iconic shot that you end up seeing with the Statue of Liberty. So we'll see what they do with this. Uh, and then my top two, Y2K. Brings Me Bear, one of my favorite movies. is probably one of the things uh, ever mm-hmm. since I started the A to Z show that's connected me with a lot of people who have been wanting to go to festivals knowing that that was a movie that I had very high up. And it's it's our movie. So I hope Y2K is our movie as well because for anybody who's a 90s kid, you know fragments of this. For anybody who's even born after like 2K in and of itself, all the phrasing and 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 the ins and outs of it, I think is uh, an, it's going to be an interesting interesting thing to juxtapose with the fear of AI that we have now to what that unknown fear was in 1999. Um, and then last but not least, you can say it for me because you already know what it is. We're going to be watching in March. Dune Part 2. Dune 2, baby. That is, that is more than a movie. That is an experience for me. I, I feel like I'm going to Disney World for this yeah. one. Yeah. Or I should say Arrakis. A lot of really exciting stuff coming out in the next year. There's also a bunch of TV shows that like Run we me. could Tell get me. into. I'll, I'll do some of them rapid fire. We got Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the adaptation of the Doug Lyman movie. Uh, we needed her. Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. What was that? We needed her. She shouldn't have dropped out. Fleabag. I know. Phoebe Waller-Bridge would have been nice. But look, Maya Erskine, I, I love her too. I feel For like sure. she can bring a lot to it. Um, we got The Veil. This one is going to Hulu. Uh, this is a new show written by, uh, is it Stephen Knight? Let me double check that before I make a fool out of myself. Uh, but Stephen perhaps Knight. the... Yeah, perhaps the main reason to be curious about the show is is a show starring Elizabeth Moss, who is the greatest television actor of all time. I'm I'm putting it down now. She did Top of the Lake. She did uh, Handmaid's Tale. And above all that, she is the reason. She's the heart of Mad Men. She's good in Mad Men? She's incredible in Mad Men. Um, I should check it out. You should probably watch that show. Um, hey, look, I'll give you another one. Shining Girls on Apple TV Plus. There you Shot go. in Chicago. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful one as well. She is an uh, icon of the small screen. So if she's going to be on a new show, we have to check it out. Severance. Severance is coming back, I think. We hope. Reportedly, allegedly, May- supposedly. Oh, oh, I, can you get on Twitter one? Anger burning, please? Uh, someone has to. He's got to get back to work. Season two. Uh, well, didn't you say he's in a movie? TV. Who he's is? in the uh the, 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 the rebel ridge yeah, no, he's in nutcrackers. The, uh, nutcrackers with uh david gordon yeah Green. yeah he needs to drop out and finish up in season two please thank you uh so that one's going to be on apple tv plus also coming to apple tv plus please tell me you've heard about disclaimer this is a oh. a new mini series directed by alfonso cuaron starring kate blanchett hey yo what and she plays a television documentary journalist uh who who like um, investigates institutions and stuff? I don't know, man. I'm I'm Bro. really really curious about that. They got Sasha Baron Cohen on this. Mm-hmm. Kevin Klein's no joke. Leslie Manville, yeah, the sister in Phantom Thread, the goat, and of course you've been in a bunch of other things. But okay, yeah. And Cody Smith Murphy, good friend. Uh, let's talk about three body problem. This is a show that's coming to Netflix. It is a adaptation of a really well-known Chinese science, science fiction novel. Um, Intriguingly, the people behind (laughs) this adaptation are Benioff and Weiss. They're returning to TV post game of Thrones. I know they left a sour taste in everyone's mouth, but need I remind you, 
the the bad stuff only started when they wanted to get off that show. If they are committed to making this show, I have a feeling that they could make something really interesting. They know how to adapt epic, uh, epic books into great television. So watch the first couple of seasons and then, get, and then gotcha. say, yeah, quit before they get ahead of the books. Is essentially. They brought Samwise. I see him over here. You're telling me it's from uh, it's a Chinese novel, but I'm seeing the whitest dude as <laughs> the lead right here is John Bradley. <laughs> I, I think it's supposed to be a very like international kind of production. So we'll, we'll see. But, yeah. Interesting. Uh, every other show that I'm mentioning is on HBO. HBO once again, seems how like much the they, king of how much they cut this, this year. I mean, check. Hope, how much, <laughs> I mean, you let me know. Cause they didn't send it my way, but uh, well, they raised the prices on me, bro. They on grandfathered <laughs> me and still here we are. Oh no. Do you uh, believe it's start- the end? I, kind of don't think so they've said that this is the final season of curb your enthusiasm but he's taken like decade-long breaks before if he just gets the itch five years from now who's to say they can't resurrect him from the dead or whatever fate that they're they have in store for the larry david character they always said that uh he used to talk to the simpsons people and they would say the way to not have a terrible ending is to never end your show take your hiatuses like you were saying and and he's been I don't want to say milking it, but he's been just letting it breathe. Yeah. To announce a finale, really, it, it makes me wonder what his punchline is. Because there, right. sh- there should be no other reason, right? Like, just die. You had already chosen that as, like, maybe I'll just die instead of it letting it end. Exactly. So he there, must have a crazy punchline. There's no urgency to, like, wrap up the Larry David storyline. We're not, like, all dying to find out what happens to him and Leon's friendship. So, like yeah. you said he must have had an idea worth Something. pursuing. I don't know. We'll, he goes, we'll oh, see. Uh, that's what he's going to do. He's going to give a big message. It's going to be a sermon. He's going to turn into a rabbi and just give us a speech at the end. Uh, you saw the over-unders <laughs> on Vegas? Yeah, the betting <laughs> odds for the end of the show. I, I got Richard Lewis dying for uh, Stop, plus bro. I'm just happy he's back. You're nasty. Yeah. <laughs> he almost died in real life. Bro. I don't want him to I die know, in the I show. Know. Oh, man. Uh, speaking uh, of uh, comedians on HBO, let's talk about Hacks. Uh, it's going to come back for a third season. A delightful comedy with Hannah Einbender and Gene Smart. I, I think this is like just consistently one of the most um, delightful shows and surprising in terms of how impactful it is in like a yeah. not very glamorous package. They, it's just really quality TV. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll be happy Agreed. to have it back as well as House of the Dragon, which is coming back for season two. Uh, I, I was on the edge of my seat watching the uh, Dragon Wars break out, and it seems like things are really uh, have really kicked off. So hopefully season two just is le- lots of high-octane fun. Uh, my sort of pick for perhaps the like sleep contender for HBO's big breakout this year is Industry, which is coming back for season three. Mm. But in a post-succession world, I feel like... HBO would love to sell a show like this one, which is kind of like a young, sexy version of the like high stakes financial world shenanigans that you find on a show like Succession. I mean, there's no reason yeah. that in a world where shows like Suits get instantly popular that you can't cool. pull off the same thing with something like this. They got popular late, which is what you're saying with this, right? That they'll finally yes. get some things on there. Uh, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, I'm looking this up and I could be mistaken because I haven't finished two. Mm-hmm. They have a special guest for three. Yeah, he's in the trailers. Kit Arrington, speaking of Game I of mean, Thrones. I mean, let's do it. 
I yeah. think this may be the one to pick it up because I agree with you. It's it's been a sleeper hit for a lot of people. Uh, True Detective is back, and it is it back is? with a new creative team behind it. Uh, they're calling this one True Detective Night Country, and I'm very curious to see it. I think True Detective is a really interesting kind of like platform to sort of tell different detective stories. And the buzz on this one is that it's got some of the like nastiest stuff that True Detective has ever put on screen. Um, I'm very, very interested in what what they mean by all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I'm most just like confused by its existence is the sympathizer. This is the long gestating miniseries uh, for, that stars Robert Downey Jr. in what looks to be like several different roles in a series from Chanwick Park, the creator of films such as Old Boy and The Handmaiden and more recently Decision to Leave. I don't know. Uh, I just like, you know, we're in this moment where Robert Downey Jr. might get an Oscar for Oppenheimer soon and he seems like he's doing all sorts of different acting in this show so I'm just very confused and <laughs> want to know what is going on here what is this show Wait, it's been doing Tropic Thunder in reverse yeah but it's it also doesn't seem like a comedy which is why I'm just what, what I just bro this looks like Cloud here. Atlas yeah sure yeah sure. I don't know uh, but yeah, look, there's going to be a lot of TV. That's not even starting to scratch the surface of it. But honestly, I think between the Sundance movies, the sequels, the art house movies, and all this TV, we probably gave recommendations for a hundred projects that are coming out in the next year. So the hundred different None of these to anticipate. are making our top 10 by the end of 2024. <laughs> yeah, that's a rule. Can you imagine? We just completely get sidelined by something else completely. I bet we'd still come up with a top 10. I mean, there's always stuff that surprises you. We wouldn't. We probably will. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. And so I think that's about it for our most anticipated video. Let us know what movies and TV shows and whatever you're anticipating in the year 2024. Maybe you just have like some personal changes coming in 2024. If you're getting, if you're getting married this year, let us know. That's a thing to, to anticipate and be excited about. Right. You getting married? No, only one of us is engaged, dude. Why are you asking me? I don't know. We can double up the wedding, bro. Double up the venue. <laughs> we are live here. <laughs> Intercut ceremony. Uh, you oh. can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd, <laughs> at Zshevich, Z-S-H-E-V-I-C-H. Arturo, where can people find more from you? You can find me over at LME Movies on Twitter, on YouTube, and all that good stuff where I will be engaging to Zach as we get prepared for an intercut memorial. <laughs> where you can, you can find the ceremony here live on intercut. You can listen to our uh, every episode on uh, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcatcher is. I use Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio feed, but to the video feed as well, available on youtube.com slash intercutpod, where you can watch our recently betrothed faces (laughs) as we run through (laughs) the latest in entertainment. Find new episodes of Intercut's Weekend Must Watch every Monday on our channel. And please leave us a comment, like the videos. Consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much-requested five-star review. Shout out to those of you listening in the United States for putting us on the film review charts here. Uh, Thanks for all that. You can catch more from us by going to Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can even go to Patreon 
and searching up at intercut pod it's the best places to get updates throughout the week from arturo from me from any of the guests that we feature here on intercut and you can also find more by clicking the link to our discord in the description of this episode but thanks again for tuning in and until next time we're going to do this all again in 2025 i will and i do (laughs) 